Welcome to the social medium. No, I'm not a medium, but I do love different mediums, like social media and podcasting. You may know me from Savar Vive by JJ or My Beauty Fuel Food by JJ. Now I am a business founder and entrepreneur. Take three, let's do this. I am thrilled this Saturday evening to be with Christina Bazan, who I have the pleasure of interviewing for the social medium. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and you pronounced my family name correctly. So (laughs) that makes me really happy. I was really hoping I was going to. I was going to ask you first. I was like, how do you pronounce it? But I guess I got it right. Yeah, you got it. You got it. So before I describe you, I don't want to describe you incorrectly. How do you describe yourself? Oh my goodness. Um... I like to think of myself as a multi-dimensional creator. <laughs> um, I don't like to restrict myself to just one form of creativity or one form of, you know, art. I am a musician. I'm a singer. I'm a poet. I'm an author. I'm a content creator. I'm an influencer. And to be fair, I think it's fun to, you know, have people's reflections of how they perceive what I do. But in general, I just say that I'm a creator. That works for me. I mean, I think that we, I think also sometimes we're so like limiting to define ourselves as one thing and Mm -hmm. we can be so many different things. Mm -hmm. One of the things I know that you also are as a writer, because if I'm not mistaken, you have a book that's coming out tomorrow. It is out actually already. It just came out yesterday and I'm so excited. Yay. Well, congratulations. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what we can expect to learn in it, what was your inspiration behind creating, by writing the book in reality? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Um, it's a really big deal for me, honestly, to be putting this book out into the world because um, it's very intimate. It's something that I've been talking about for, I would say, the last couple of years on my social media. But um, the way that I approach the topic in this book and I'll and I'll tell you what it's about um but yeah I've never I've never talked about it in such depth so the book is about spirituality it's about my spiritual awakening I've had a very strong spiritual awakening in the end of 2029 and um never really shared about it in detail because I felt like most of my audience wouldn't necessarily understand as I've always been, you know, creating mostly fashion, beauty, music-oriented content on social media. And I just felt like I didn't necessarily have the legitimacy to talk about spirituality. Um, But it's been a really huge part of my life since three years. And it felt like um, kind of betraying myself if I didn't talk about it or share what I've been going through, especially in today's context where it's okay to talk about mental health and it's it's okay to talk about you know things that you know go out of the ordinary a little bit um so yeah it's my second book i already wrote a book a few years ago which was more about lifestyle and fashion and following one's dreams and this one goes way 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 deeper (laughs) um yeah and so i have to say like i I'm excited, but I'm also quite, um, what would be the right word? Like, it's really putting myself out there, you know? And um, yeah, I I have a little nervousness about it, but I would say that it's a good nervousness. It's the kind of nervousness um, that, you know, you're getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
I mean, I'm sure also there's probably also, you know, a certain hope, or at least the way I see it is like a way, kind of like a portal for people to also open up about their personal experiences. And, um, and I'm wondering, you know, without giving away too much of your book, um, in what way did you kind of find spirituality? Was it through different like therapeutic practices? Was it through your childhood? Um, Because I know we all have our different journeys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that we're all spiritual beings, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we choose to verbalize it or not. I think spirit is energy and it's everywhere around us in nature. Um, It's within us. It's it's the everything, you know, Um, and spirit comes from spirare, which means to breathe. And we're all living, breathing creatures. Even even the tree, the the flowers is breathing. So we're surrounded by spirit. And I think that I knew that from an early age. Um, And I think that as a kid, I, I had some very vivid spiritual experience. I would sense spirits often around me and I would talk to nature. I would talk to beings in, in the forest and you know, it's all cute when you're a child, but then when you grow up, it's considered weird, obviously, you know, and uh, when we grow up, we are um, educated towards uh, using more of our intellectual prowess, let's put it that way, which is also important, you know, but um, we then sort of like put our whole focus on the left brain ability, which is the left brain is all about, you know, the logic, um, kind of like pragmatic intelligence while the the right side of the brain is all about our connection with the divine so mm-hmm. um during my teenage years i kind of closed off my my spiritual or psychic channel and um i guess spirituality kind of found me to be totally honest because um for most of my 20s i was completely and fully dedicated to growing my career and expanding my business and experimenting which was great um but i had really put spirituality aside like i wasn't really considering my my mental health or my inner journey i was just focused on performance there's nothing wrong with that you know i think it's important to honor our process and our cycles and that was a cycle that i know i had to go through um but eventually i was burning myself out a lot and um end of 2019 I had what a lot of people call a kundalini awakening and it did happen because I was going through honestly the the darkest time of my life I had lost a lot of friends business contracts um had a really kind of like bad relationship with someone that I really cared about and I started meditating for the first time in my life and that was the only thing that really helped and started to explore different um, meditation practices and so all of this to say i i really want this book to be to be kind of like a permission slip for people to feel validated in their inner experiences and to feel like they're not alone that they're not crazy for feeling certain things um knowing certain things and um that you can come from the fashion world which is considered to be the most spiritual industry i'm sorry the most superficial <laughs> i'm sorry for that the most superficial industry and in that you can still be a spiritual person and care about you know things that are beyond the surface you really can have these two sides um although it's very hard to find that balance and i think it's also really interesting that you brought up um 
that you don't feel alone because I think a lot of spirituality mm. is time inside ourselves. And I'm wondering what you do um, to not feel so alone in this journey because, you know, I know meditation is so helpful, but I know that also sometimes when we're going through these, you know, difficult moments or even great moments, we can feel really alone. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the the real pandemic of our generation is the isolation and the the solitude that we feel. And I believe that, um, you know, there's a huge difference between solitude and aloneness, because even in the word by itself, aloneness means all one. And in in aloneness, we can feel a, a connection with, you know, the entire world. Um, just by taking a walk in the forest and feeling our connection with nature. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we are mammals. We are meant to be in community. We are meant to be social creatures. And our relationships with others are, you know, determining our levels of happiness and how much we feel supported. Um, I think that one of the most important things is to give ourselves kind of like this freedom to actually say what we really think and to share our inner experiences without shame, um, without feeling like we're going to be judged. Because oftentimes what I've experienced is by opening up and sharing with others my my craziest, most voo-voo experiences, I, I've found people to be like, wait, I've experienced that as well, but I've never shared it with anyone because I always felt like that was kind of weird, you know? Yeah, totally. So, yeah. And um, so now you're spending a lot more time in Switzerland, um, but you used to live in Paris, if I'm not mistaken. You, did you grow up in Switzerland? Yeah, so I was born in Belarus. I was born in Minsk. Um, grew up there for about four years and then my family moved to Kentucky in the United States. Really? Yes. <laughs> I know. I have such great memories of Kentucky. Honestly, um, it was really hard to leave. We had such a beautiful community there and Kentucky is such a beautiful place. Um, but yeah, eventually my dad got a job in Switzerland and so um, I we moved to Switzerland when I was like six and a half years old. So I went to school in Switzerland, um, uh, learned French because, you know, in Switzerland we have the French part, the German part, the Italian part. So, yeah, I grew up in the, uh, in the Swiss French part. So I grew up speaking French. And, um, and then when I was 16, I started my blog. And eventually, a couple of years after, I chose to move back to Los Angeles. And eventually ended up in Paris. So that's like a little brief resume of like <laughs> my little adventure throughout the world. And I love Paris so much. I have such a strong connection with this city. Um, and I know that eventually at a certain point I, I will be back. But the, the, the magic of Switzerland is so, so incredible. I mean, the nature here, the mountains, the lakes, um, people are so kind the quality of life is is honestly really, really impressive. Everything is so clean. People are very respectful. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's regenerating me to be here and also, you know, to to just spend more time in in nature and to soak soak up on all of that good energy. And but I'm still a city girl at heart, you know. And and I do miss Paris. I have days where where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be back. 
I can imagine, but it's actually, I didn't know that you had, you had a quite a multicultural upbringing in reality. And yeah, like the real US, like that's like, oh yeah. I mean, I'm American, but I'm from right side of, outside of New York. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that Kentucky is like, you know, it's like some real, it's real, man. It's a little redneck. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. Living in LA. So, like a total contrast. Oh my God. Yeah. My first apartment was in Beverly Hills. So I really went for it. <laughs> really went for it. And what do, culture do you identify the most with? Do you feel like, because, you know, I think it's really interesting to, for example, as an American who's been living in Paris for almost nine years, I mean, I love going back to the U.S. Like, it's it's a lot of fun to discover what's going on there. But I definitely feel like more now that I've become, I feel like I've become more French. And you have, you know, quite a few pieces going on. The American piece, you know, being born in Belarus, Switzerland. Um, what do you identify the most with? Oh, my God, that's a tough one. Because, you know, I asked myself this so many times and i think um as a kid moving so much and you know having to make friends each time and having to yeah. you know culturally adapt each time it's it's very tricky i mean moving from belarus which has its own culture to america which is quite honestly the polar opposite to then switzerland which is kind of a middle ground um I guess that I always considered myself and as tacky and ch- as cheesy as it may sound, I'm still going to say it. I, I really honestly, from the bottom of my heart, consider myself as a citizen of the world. I consider myself a little French, a little Swiss, a little American, a little Belarusian. You know, there's there's a melting pot in me. And I think that, um, yeah, I think it's important because I kind of represent this new generation of, you know, immigrants and uh, people who are not necessarily just determined by the land that, where they were born. You know, I think that our identity goes way beyond that. And also, I, I really consider it as a, as a blessing because I don't want to be identified by certain traditions that I, for example, don't necessarily fully resonate with. And it was really eye-opening for me to see all of these different cultures and people's way of operating and people's beliefs. And I really think that it contributed enormously to my wealth, like my my inner wealth and my ability to have kind of like respect for everyone and an open mind um, when it comes to conversations and um, conversations on certain beliefs and people's way of operating in society. I think it's really important that you say that because I think that a lot of people um, kind of can get confused when we lived you know, more than one place, like, where am I really from? I mean, I, I think it can kind of become frustrating, like, oh, my gosh, what am I? But actually, you know, there are so many people that, you know, people from my, that I know from America who've only lived there that don't really feel like that's where they fit in. So yeah, I think it's, it's about being, um, and I think that that also goes a lot back to spirituality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Spirituality, I believe, is all about getting out of the boxes that limit us, you know, um, and really opening ourselves up to the to the fact that we are, once again, those multidimensional beings and um, that we can't just be defined by our religion or our culture or our sexual orientation or our job or our status in society. It's um, all of it is beautiful you know it, it really is 
Um, and it's part of who we are. It's part of our individuated experience here on this plane. But um, who we really are goes way, way, way beyond that. And I think that our generation um, wants to connect on a deeper level. Like we're we're all collectively going through, you know, some questionings that are honestly showcasing how much we feel and how much we're going all through like an existential crisis honestly like it's totally um, yeah it's quite prevalent on 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 social media um and i and i really just think that we all want to connect on on a much deeper level beyond all of those boxes and labels and um i think at the end of the day they're, they're all just creating walls between each other it makes me think of this like you know kind of cliche but totally true quote of like you know be kind because you never know uh what you know people are going through and it's so true so i totally totally resonate with everything you know you're saying and i'm wondering um if maybe you can share some of your um spiritual practices like what does the day in the life of christina look like sure where i just want to reflect on what you just said uh, i think it's really important because it's true like there's no hierarchy to pain you know we, we never know what someone is silently going through. I think it's so true. And I really resonate with that. Um, you know, um, we can't uh, we can't ever compare someone someone's suffering with someone else's and say, oh, but that person got it so much harder. But how do you know? Like, how do you know what they might have been going through psychosomatically in their body? Like, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is that there's no hierarchy to pain. It cannot be compared all of our experiences are valid and um you know it's not a it's not a competition um yeah there's horrible things going on in the world that are just awful but we're all suffering in our own we can all be suffering in different ways that can feel just as real as some as something that can seem so much more drastically difficult in a weird way yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people on social media kind of like competing sometimes for who has the worst kind of like victim status. And the thing is, you know, one of the main teachings of spirituality, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism or Taoism, is that we are all one, you know, and by virtue of being all interconnected, we are like an ecosystem. And when you look at a forest, if um, if you look at the mushroom um, kind of like ecosystem, the fungi, are all interconnected and when one of them is sick it, it's transmitting this information to all of the rest so when we look at humanity we are also all interconnected and when one of us is sick um it will affect everyone whether you live in a mansion or whether you are homeless i'm not saying this doesn't have an impact like of course having the bare you know physical comforts is is definitely really nice um um but eventually on a psychic level i think that we can all agree that you know you can live in a in a mansion and still not understand why you're being so depressed and so miserable and so sad well it's because you know um deep down we are all interconnected and we can feel what's going on in the collective and sometimes we we don't really understand why we feel all those feelings um but you know, there's this thing called the collective unconscious, um, which is a term uh, that Carl Jung came up with uh, when he was working with certain patients in therapy. He was able to access their subconscious mind. And 
part of their subconscious mind was um, connected to the collective subconscious. And so in that sense, we are all affected by each other and we are all affected by um, by everything that's going on in the world. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. So a day in the life in Christina. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't really have a routine, to be totally honest. I think that was one of the main things I had to unlearn when I had my kind of like awakening. I I used to live a life that was very much rhythmed by my projects and my my trips and kind of like my business obligations. I used to have a team. We were five um, and I had a lot of financial responsibilities and it was always kind of like go, go, go. I even wrote a book called On the Go. <laughs> um, and On the Go Girl. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it was really fun. The LA part of you, 100% the, the LA girl hustle culture part of me, which honestly is still in me. You know, I'm still um, really into the productivity mindset and optimizing my workflow and getting shit done. Mm-hmm. But I do recognize the importance also of going with the flow. And this health, I, I think this also has to do with embracing my feminine energy where, you know, the feminine is more about flowing like a river and surrendering to what is and kind of like waking up and feeling, okay, what I what do I feel inspired to do today? What bring what would bring me joy today? How can I be of the best service today? Um, whereas I, I think I was operating more from my masculine um, during those LA years. I was I was really focused on performance, really focused on achievements, um, on numbers and all of that stuff, which is also important. I'm not saying it's not, um, but it needs to be balanced, you know, um, because right. if you're only operating from that state of mind, you're just going to burn yourself out eventually, which is what happened to me so many times. Um, so I think that now a day in my life is um First of all, I I wake up and um, I have a little matcha ritual that I really love doing. Kind of brings me back into centeredness. Um, I do it really slowly and I know I just really love taking my time in the morning. So I do a little meditation. I breathe. If I have time, I'll, I'll journal, but just like a couple of sentences. And then, you know, the day starts. So I, I'll do some emails. Um, obviously as a content creator, I, I have like a schedule of content that I need to film or shoot or edit, um, or post or whatever. And, um, during the evening, I spend time with friends or family or my pet, um, watch a movie, read some, some, some good books. Um, and yeah, I, I, I try to do my best to, to live a balanced life where, work does not completely take over although i i'm also really passionate about what about what i do so it can be tempting to overwork and only do that and never allow myself moments of rest but i've gotten much better at it that part is really difficult like i think we don't talk about that enough i love no like i'm so passionate about what i do as well and i know that so many of us are and it's so hard to know like when we're passionate, how to know when too much is too much, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a really, really subtle line, honestly. And I'm still figuring it out, but I think that, well, that's my point of perspective, right? But I think that right now we are going through this massive recalibration of our masculine and feminine polarities. And it's really 
visible in the collective because we talk about those dynamics a lot, especially on social media. It's one of the most prevalent topics. But I think that it's also reflected in our inner landscape, which means we are finding this balance between those two polarities where one is the the direction, you know, the masculine energy is all about direction. It's all about achievements. It's all about numbers. It's much more pragmatic and logical and concrete and down to the, you know, straight to the point kind of energy. The feminine is all about surrender and flow and intuition and ritual and prayer and the and this deeper connection, this this womb of all things kind of like relationship with, with life and with nature and it's much more slow. It's not always in this like go, go, go type of energy. And so we all have feminine and masculine energies living inside of us. And, you know, it's all about kind of like knowing when to surrender and when to act because there are certain things that you can't force no matter how much you work. Like there are certain things that you cannot control. True. And that's when, yeah, that's when the feminine steps in and it's like, okay, you've done your emails. Okay. You've uh, sent this contract. Okay. You've, you've posted your content. Now, what can you do to feel inspired? What can you do to regenerate your nervous system? What can you do to unwind and to be present for others? Truly present, not thinking about an email that you forgot to send, but like truly listening truly being there truly nurturing your friends with your with your with your deep presence you know your your deep availability um and and i think that this is the dance that we're all collectively dancing right now i agree because it's also like you know the the you know, we we can't chase certain things in work like we can't chase certain things in life and so at a certain point we do need to like you know, check out and check into something else. And yeah, I, it's very interesting to think about it in the, in the masculine and feminine way, because yeah, so many of us women are really, you know, what we want. And then at a certain point we need to slow down and um, deep dive into that more yin side of our, uh, of ourselves to kind of just be grounded and balanced and find a way to, um, I think that's a really good way to think of it actually. Yeah. And it can feel really dangerous, you know, to to tap into that feminine energy can feel extremely dangerous because we cannot control it. It's kind of like the more wilder, untangible, abstract aspect of our energy. And, you know, it, it's much more about magnetizing um, into our life that which we want instead of, you know, actively pursuing it or chasing, like you just said. Totally. I, I totally agree. And how do you like, so how do you manage um, this, you know, like we were, you were saying before, uh, this fashion side that, you know, has reputation of being very, you know, um, you know, superficial, even though it's not always superficial, but, you know, this fashion side that has this reputation of being superficial and some of it can be. And this spiritual side that's a lot more internal and a lot more you know about connection yeah, yeah well you know um i think it's all about uh learning how to um manage again this energy of control and surrender it's like the inhale and the exhale again it, it's like a dance um for me the thing i love the most about fashion is that it's a language you know it's our way of presenting ourselves to the world without having to speak 
And I've had so many incredible experiences where, you know, I've met people just because they were wearing something like a piece of jewelry that had a, I don't know, a, a special symbol on it. And I was like, oh, wow, you're into astrology. Interesting. I'm into astrology, too. I, I saw your your necklace and I noticed and, you know, it, it's just a conversation starter. Um, so I do think whether we care about fashion or not, it says something about ourselves. Um, but of course, there's also this thing of like never judging a book by its cover. However, I think that the book cover also says something about the the insides. And, you know, we're all layered people. There are many layers to this reality. And um, the surface is also important. You know, the surface is usually that which um, uh, can uh, uh, showcase our waves. You know, I kind of see it like an ocean, you know, so on the surface, you see the waves and the deeper and the deeper the deeper you go the more stillness can be witnessed and the more treasures and pearls you you'll have access to so um i don't know i think fashion can be a good conversation starter but then it's our responsibility to go deeper and to go sort of like beyond the appearances of things and um one thing that has always um been a little bit infuriating for me in the fashion industry is that um, I feel like people can be a little hypocritical. Like, um, for me, as a little girl, I remember watching uh, runways of Alexander McQueen and being so in awe of the the the, the power of of imagination and the power of creativity and turning it into form and actually like um, turning into clothing that which he was going through in his mind's eye, you know, um, and thinking, wow, this is the most brilliant act of rebellion. You know, it felt to me like, yeah, it felt yeah. like people in the fashion industry were breaking the norms and pushing the limits and, um, you know, they weren't conforming to, to, to sort of like the outdated dogmatic rules of society. And, I resonated so deeply with that. And when I started working in the fashion industry, I really felt like I met my, my tribe, you know. Um, but in the last couple of years, I was definitely a little like um, disappointed by how much, you know, um, the, the fashion industry was not rebellious at all <laughs> when it came to, you know, what happened during the pandemic and cancel culture and a lot of people just like, not speaking up about important topics and i was like where are all the rebels like isn't the fashion industry supposed to be like anti-conformist and um you know so i i had this moment where i was like wow um something is wrong <laughs> like there's something that's like not computing in my brain right now um but you know, I think that we're we're all collectively on our path, and it, it it's it's a process. Um, but but yeah, there are a lot of different um, layers to to this industry. That is for sure. And to finish, speaking of fashion, spirituality, your two of your big passions what is next for christina what are you working on at the moment i mean i know your book is that's already huge i'm sure that's something you're majorly focused on yeah yeah well actually i, I have quite a few passions <laughs> um fashion um spirituality but also music music has been a huge part of my life for 20 years 
What is interesting about music is that it really combines my love for fashion and my love for spirituality because I, I've never been able to dissociate fashion from music itself, you know. Um, I, I really see music itself like l layering different textures and sounds and words and turning it all into poetry and kind of see it in a very visual way when I'm writing music. And obviously, um, music is one of the greatest medicines of our world. Music has the power to heal. Um, and so right now I'm working on my album, which uh, will be out next year. And I'm actually working with a producer who is, she's this incredible goddess, fairy, healer, shaman, and she works with different frequencies. And she's like a musical alchemist. And our goal is really to transform um, uh, sort of like these songs that um, we have written into actual medicine that can really support people in their, in their awakening process. I love that. So it's kind of like um, the cherry on the cake to your book. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are a few little like um, uh, winks, honestly, throughout the book of um, certain titles of certain poems, certain words are going to be found in the album. So they're they're very connected. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to discover the book and the album very soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Oh, it's a pleasure. We meet very soon in Paris. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for this beautiful interview. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and I'm excited to see you soon. Thank you so much, Christina.